Hello and welcome to another Hip Hop Forum episode of the Notorious P.O.D. I'm your host Big John Bass and I'm joined as always by Cal and T for their insight and opinions on all things hip hop. Hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. What's up, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was played out yet. I wasn't sure if bo, 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 bo. No, I wasn't sure if that was played out yet. It's never going to be. It's only played out to people who don't listen to the fighting cock. So, yeah, it's like a, a Venn diagram type thing. Yeah, exactly. We, we like to uh, inter meme wherever possible. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously, the last episode we did, we did quite talk a lot about Griselda. So, um, just a little little callback. There's nothing wrong with that, is there, boys? Yeah. Uh, that's all I know. I feel like we're, we're influencing the fighting cock big time. I do as well. I do as well. I feel like there's a lot, a lot of pressure to keep up with the sort of bants and the sort of, sort of laughs we're having around here. So yeah, yeah, they're, they're biting our shit. <laughs> <laughs> Name a podcast that we ain't influenced. Oh, shit! Because TFC so lame. Oh shit, shots oh. fired. Shots have been fired. Um, well, actually, look, we'll get straight into it because um, we've actually got a question from Flav from Fighting Cock. Um, just wants to know how long will DMX last when he gets corona? That man has smoked so much crack, even he'll never get it. He'll be absolutely fine. He's immune. Oh, I, I think, think he's. he's well. I think he's like the Keith Richards of hip hop. He'll just live forever. Mm-hmm. Nothing will ever, nothing will ever bring him down. He'll probably die from something as innocuous as like a common cold, but not the coronavirus, obviously. Mm. Yeah, I think D- DMX is all, all be eternal. Yeah, I, I genuinely think DMX. If you like, if you just took him round to hospitals and people with it, if he just like stood next to him and just like growled, like they would just like be like healed immediately as the mm. virus just ran in terror from their Scare body. It all. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I reckon he's definitely he's definitely part of the cure. It's definitely how the world moves forward. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that man. Yeah, he's he's a he's a treasure. He really is. He's a he's an international treasure. Um, you said T about dying in an innocuous way. Do you know? It made me think about. Made me think about Prodigy. Oh, oh god, yeah. Choking on an egg. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> Such what a way for like a fucking legend, a guy that has that suffered all his life with sickle cell which is this really horrible, debilitating illness. He had it all his life, and he died by choking on an egg. It's like, it's awful. But was that was that ever confirmed, though? It seemed, his death was shrouded in mystery. I mean, he was looked after by the hospital. Mm. But I don't know if he wasn't supposed to be eating stuff like that, because he was quite ill at the time. Yeah. And there's a really good there's a really good podcast. Um, Sean, what's the name? I've forgotten it. It was, called the, infamous, it it was well. it's called the Infamous, wasn't it? Um, no, it wasn't. It was, it was a Gimlet podcast. It's called The Infamous? That's no, called The Realness. The realness. The realness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Podcast recommendation right there. I listened to that quite recently, which is why it's fresh in my mind. And I think that the autopsy report did. I don't think they found an egg in his mouth or anything, but they said it was like consistent and he had been eating eggs. (laughs) The thing is, (laughs) (laughs) the thing is, right, about it is obviously it's like the cause of death is obviously suffocation. And the thing that's caused the suffocation is the egg. But the underlying factor here is his massive, serious health condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have not been able to hock up an egg yeah. under pressure. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty sad way to go, especially if you think about you know hip hop. And we, we spoke about Big L last time about being you know, gunned down in the street, and like you know, it's kind of hip hop is synonymous with these kind of brutal, violent deaths. Um, choking on an egg is a pretty pretty bad way to go um, for each street cred. But um, yeah, sad times. Sad times. Um, right. Well, obviously, um, we're bringing that up because we are in the midst of a, a global pandemic we've um we're not going to kind of dwell on it too much we want to take your mind off it and talk about some serious hip-hop shit so we've got some good topics today to talk about um it's a couple of weeks old news now but i want to get into um into flavor flav getting sacked from public enemy um public enemy one of the greatest uh, hip-hop groups of all time and uh flavor flav in a way is kind of like transcended like pop culture like people kind of use their yeah boy all the time uh, the big clock thing, like Flavor Flav is kind of yeah famous outside of just being part of Public Enemy, and so this is kind of a kind of a big move. Um, but T, I thought I thought it might be good for you to kind of just give us your view on Public Enemy because I, th- I know you're quite a quite a fan, right? Yeah, um, I mean the other day I think there was this vote for the best hip hop groups of all time. Mm. Um, you know, obviously I still have debated that to death by now, but yeah, Public Enemy, their legacy is is unmatched. Really, the um, the albums do sound fresh now. Um, Text Nation of Millions and um, Fear of a Black Planet in particular. But Flavor Flav has got kind of a weird place in hip hop. It's like the, the younger generation know him as um, the reality TV star and not, you know, not a wildly talented part of um, part of Public Enemy. So he's got a very strange legacy as, as Flavor Flav. I don't know if you guys remember when he was on um, the Richard Blackwood show a bit before your time, Cal, and um, <laughs> he. Um, <laughs> He, he he can actually play about fifteen instruments. It's fucking mental. Jesus, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, just go on YouTube. Let's do Flavor Flav piano, and he just like absolutely smashing it out on a piano. Jesus, That's amazing. Because my perception of him was always was pretty much the opposite of that, which was that like Chuck was the main guy who kind of did everything, and Flavor Flav kind of by extension just was roped into being part of it and kind of was more about his personality but um sounds like he was a lot more important than maybe myself and other people give him credit for so. yeah um, yeah i mean i mean obviously public of the public enemy is chuck d in the main and i guess favor flair's part was a bit of a almost like a bit of a court jester but yeah. he's not he's not without talent yeah so did he, was he a part of like the production did he do like did he play instruments like as part of making the actual beats and making the music and stuff? I'm scared yeah. of I'm scared of being wrong again after the Griselda debacle, so I'm <laughs> going to say nothing. I don't we don't need another one star review of T not doing his research, so I'll I'll keep quiet. I heard it was I heard it was Big Ghost did all the production for Public <laughs> <laughs> Great callback. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was Eminem. He just did yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Cal, what's your what's your view on Public Enemy, mate, and Flavor Flav in particular, like in terms of his legacy in hip hop? Uh, I'm not gonna pretend I was the biggest Public Enemy fan in the world, or I am the biggest Public Enemy fan in the world. They're two people like him and Chuck D. Like you think if they didn't have a rap group, then they wouldn't be friends. Like that's kind of yeah. the perception that you get. It's like it's like people that in the office that you're friends with in the office and you get along with them great. And then you see them in the pub and then you pretend you don't see them. Like it's, you kind of get that impression about about them is that they, they work well together. They have a good relationship uh, professionally, but perhaps they're not the best of friends. I may have that completely wrong. Um, so, but you just wouldn't put them together is the, is the point I'm making. Um, I think at this point in 2020, 
for him to be sacked from Public Enemy isn't a it's not a massive deal. They're not gonna. It's not like they're gonna keep making loads of albums and stuff. Um, but it's sad because they they are they are very much a part of the culture and they are one of the most important groups in in the in hip hop history. And so it's just it's a shame really to see to see them break up. And there was some talk about it being over Bernie Sanders' campaign and all that sort of stuff. And but that's kind of been debunked now. And it, that really would be a shame if it was over, over something as trivially trivial as that. Um, I'm well, sure they'll, the I'm reason? sure they'll, they didn't say, I think it's just perhaps something that's been brewing for a while. That's a shame. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I also thought the whole, like the politics reason seemed a bit mad because to your point, Cal, mm. I agree with you. I think like on the surface, those two being kind of friends outside of music makes zero sense. Like Chuck D seems particularly like, and, and obviously their music reflects this, like very politically motivated and very in touch with what's happening in the community and, and kind of like, you know, caring about, you know, pushing the community forward and, you know, thinking of things in different ways. And to a certain extent, it was very like revolutionary and, and rebel music. Flavor Flav seems like he's just there for a good time. Like he's just there yeah. to fuck around. So I feel like that that dynamic would have never changed. So why would it like rear its head now politically? Surely there would have always been that little like kind of difference between their opinions so maybe it's just one of those things like over time it's got to the point where so i saw public enemy a couple of years ago and flavor Flav wasn't there and i've heard a few times about people that have seen them and he's not been there so maybe it's just got to the point where you know chuck d and the rest of the guys involved just gone look you're never here like there's you're no right. fucking point right. in this maybe it's time just to call it a day um it just seems like almost needless to announce it though do you know what i mean just seems a little bit like not spiteful but just seems pointless I guess they just wanted to draw a line under it. Yeah, true. And, and maybe people know exactly where they where they stand with that. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. I'm just looking at I'm just looking at credits for um for a fear of a black planet just to see if he's like on production credits and stuff because oh, yeah? research all about research these days. Exactly. Uh, and if you look at the songwriting lyrics, songwriting lyrics for the majority of the songs, he is not on it. Ch- uh, Flavor Flav is not on it. It's, so. Sen- yeah, it, essentially it's Chuck D, Bomb Squad, um, and um, Keith Shockley. Like Flavor Flav is not is not credited as a writer at all. And usually, when you do production, you're credited as a writer. So, um, yeah. So I don't think he did do any production. So what we're saying is Flavor Flav is basically Bez. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of him, Cal? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Is that the guy with like the with the tambourine thing and shakes that thing? Or, is that him? Yeah, the fucking answer. Yeah, him. I know. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's like, he's like Leroy from Prodigy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a, a spare part, but um, nonetheless, a uh, very iconic figure in hip hop, and um, yeah, it's kind of a, a sad day when these like groups and people have kind of disagreements. We spoke about Puffy and Mace on the previous episode, and stuff like this just 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 leaves a little bit of taste in my mouth, boys. Not, yeah. not a big fan of these these legends kind of splitting up and falling out, especially as they get into their latter days. It's a bit like, come on, just just sort it out, just sort it out. <laughs> right, let's let's talk about uh, Notorious B.I.G. being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, Cal, you you presented this as one of the topics that we should talk about, um, and one of the things that you posed was like, should rappers want mainstream acceptance or not? And I think this is a really interesting thing because. One, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame seems like a weird place for for hip-hop artists. Maybe we should have our own like hip-hop Hall of Fame and make it separate. Um, and also, like, should 
like rappers give a shit. Like, I, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It seems like a big honor, right? But maybe, yeah, yeah. it's just weird to me. Every time I see it, you'll see like, I think NWA are in the in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and NWA were very much anti-establishment. They were, <laughs> they didn't want to be accepted by by mainstream society or mainstream um, pop pop culture and things like that. And it's always weird to me whenever I see such and such legendary rapper goes into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Puffy was out there saying, oh, yay, Biggie's finally in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like, why do you give a shit? First of all, it's not rock and roll. You're not making, you didn't make rock and roll music. Mm. And why do you give a fuck? Like you're in, I imagine they're in the Hip Hop Hall of Fame, which is a thing. So what, it's just weird. It's just really odd to me. And I don't understand why in 2020, when hip hop has been consistently the biggest selling music for a long, long time, that there's still that people like Puffy still want this acceptance from rock and roll people. It's just odd to me. Yeah, it's weird. T, T what do you think about this? Just did a bit of research, as you do. Love it. <laughs> research. Um, so I think Grandmaster Flash were the first people inducted in, what, about a decade ago, a little over a decade ago. Right. Um, actually, I think Run DMC were the first ones, but I don't know if it's about mainstream acceptance. I think it's. I think the um, the red herring is probably the name of it. <clears throat> when you see Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you're probably thinking of, I don't know, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, not thinking about Biggie Smalls or N.W.A. or, or that lot. Mm. I think that um, having mainstream acceptance isn't such a big deal as it used to be in hip hop. Hip hop, you couldn't you couldn't be seen to be begging for that, but now. You can be mainstream and still keep a bit of the street image about you, you know. Um, mm. I mean, it does feel. I mean, I do agree with Caleb. It is a bit kind of going to them cup in hand, saying, you know, you must, you must appreciate us when we can kind of make our own lane. But yeah, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will probably change its name at some point. Yeah, because it kind of, it kind of basically is the Music Hall of Fame, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's kind of like because there's so many different genres and artists that are in there. Um, and you're right, Cal. There, there is a Hip Hop Hall of Fame, but it doesn't have the same like prestige because they don't break out the other genres to the same level and it's kind of like i don't know it doesn't have the same level of gravitas and for whatever reason the rock and roll hall of fame seems to be like well that's a real thing and everything else is just like people's opinions almost Mm -hmm. Uh, and i I feel like yeah they need to just rename it don't they just needs to be the music hall of fame and then then that would be a little bit more like understandable i think for the average person on the street would be like okay great these are basically the best musicians ever of all genres that that i think then becomes something that the likes of biggie and these artists like should not necessarily should want but it makes it a little bit more kind of understandable for the average person right right yeah that does make sense i was just looking at the hip-hop hall of fame kind of thing and it's like they've only done two induction well they've done some inductions in the 90s then they did some inductions in the 2010s and I think it was on BET for a little while. And I guess it just needed it needed a backer. I think that's yeah. what it needs. I think it needs a mainstream backer to really get behind it and really make it a big deal. Um, you know, um, boxing has the International Boxing Hall of Fame. And that's uh, and that's that's something that's got a lot of gravitas to it. And they they it's in New York and it takes over New York State. And it's it's a huge deal. And and all the fighters want to be in there. And it's it's something that it would be nice to see, you know, rappers and stuff that get into something like that, because I think it would perhaps give their music a second life. That's what yeah. you'd like to see is, is, you know, old school guys that 
perhaps you know perhaps haven't you know been popping for a while to get that that's that second that second bit of life to be inducted by someone that's current now you know that'd be good it'd be good to see but yeah uh, just the, the the thing the the thing about chasing chasing acceptance from rock and roll it's just really really odd to me it always has been yeah it is a, it is a little bit weird um and and is there any like shocking omissions on the hip-hop hall of fame mate is there anything like on there because i'm assuming it's not a massive list then at the moment it's not massive at all it's not massive at all like um nwa aren't in it dr drake like all the none of the members of nwa are in it um who's it who's in it then so there's like the 1990s class inductions cool hurt grandmaster flash run dmc and jam master j universal sulu nation oh no easy E's in it and dj red alerts that's from the 90s and then the 2010s sugar hill gang the sequence uh tupac shakur mr magic dj hollywood ralph mcdaniel's video music box uh the end twins um stay high 149 mercedes ladies Wild Style the Movie, Red Glocker, Big Doo, Eminem, and Biggie. I guess this is reading some of these names. I think this is not just about rap music, yeah. or it's about B boys and graffiti, and it's about getting the five elements. I guess yeah. which, that has a, yeah. which makes sense. I like that actually quite yeah, like that. for sure. Although, like, it's still a strange list when you consider like uh, Eminem's in there, no Nas, no Jay. Like there's a lot of people that aren't on there that I don't know weird, but yeah, interesting, uh, interesting at the same time. Um, on this subject, so obviously we're talking about Biggie being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm I, I'm assuming this is pronounced Owen. Owen Malarkey um, okay. asks us, would would you have preferred Biggie Smalls to have done what Tupac did and record shitloads of music with questionable quality, or just have the two albums he's released? That's a great question. It is a good question. Go on, T. I don't know, I'm gonna read it again. Um, it's difficult to say, really, because Tupac was active for longer than than Biggie was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, to be fair, I'm not listening to much of Biggie stuff after he passed away, apart from the big big hits like um, "Nasty Girl." But I never listened to a, a Biggie album after he died; just wasn't interested. Mm. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's, you don't really have any control over your legacy once you've passed away, so. I think I'm happy with Biggie's as it is. Um, Tupac managed to make a couple of decent... Well, they managed to salvage a couple of decent songs after he passed. Um, I guess the biggest one is probably Changes. Yeah. But um, I'm fairly ambivalent. I mean, sorry, I couldn't answer the question any better, but I'm fairly ambivalent towards it. Carol, what do you think, mate? Do you know what? I I think the thing uh, with Tupac's kind of posthumous um, product or music that he put out... There was good. There's some a few good little songs in there, but most of it's kind of the same. Um, and I think that's because, as as a as a songwriter, he was probably better than Biggie. But as an MC, he's nowhere. He I don't think he was anywhere near Biggie's level. Uh, uh, how many times can you rhyme Hennessy with enemies? You know, it's just um, yeah. So I think a lot of his stuff sounded repetitive, and a lot of his stuff sounded the same. And I think that's probably because when he came out of when he came out of prison, he was just making music, making music, making music. Yeah. Uh, whereas Biggie, I I wouldn't mind have seen Biggie some more vocals come out because I like to think of what producers today could have done with those lyrics. 
you know, perhaps I wouldn't have wanted them to be in Puffy's hands forever. I'd like for them to be given to somebody else, you know, uh, a Mad Lib or someone or someone to do something really cool with. So I wouldn't have minded, to, wouldn't mind seeing uh, Biggie, you know, some more stuff from him because he he just had a little bit more variety about him as well in terms of different styles of music that he or different flows. He had different more. He could do more flows than Tupac could. So I, I think. I don't, I don't... I think Tupac had more subject matter, so yes, that's that's, yes. that's where that's where the comparisons kind of come in, you know. Yeah. Tupac early on talked about you know police brutality and you know about his mum, yeah. and you know Brenda's got a baby, yeah. and Biggie did no songs with that much depth, really. Yeah, to be fair, but as yeah. I said, I'm, I'm not I'm not a big fan of music being released after after rappers have died. Um, yeah. You know the Gangstar album, you know I mean. Obviously, Primo and Goo have a very, very elevated um, kind of level in, in, within hip-hop in terms of how people think of them. But I wasn't that keen on the album. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. Um, I, I, for the record, I, li- I like the Gangstar album. Because for me, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like when you watch a series and then they make a movie. Every, everyone hates it. Um, but for me, it's just like it's just one more like chance to hang out with my friends, hang out with people that I like. That, that's how I saw the album. It was like, is it as good as their other stuff? Obviously not, because it was literally like cutting room floor or like extra stuff. Um, but I think Prem did a great job of like cutting that together and, and making something that was at least in the canon acceptable. I think that the issue with like um, big stuff. So there was that Born Again album. Is it Born Again? The yeah. Biggie, the Biggie one, and it's it's kind of like rehashed verses and like changed around bits and bobs, and it just doesn't it doesn't have that same like emphasis and passion of his like of his two albums. So I feel like if he'd have done like more than that, we would have just had more versions of that with Puff just putting on you know new new rappers with a new verse over the top of Biggie stuff, and I don't think that that really does him justice. And with the two-pack stuff, it's like he was just really prolific. And I think he would have wanted his music to be out there. That's why he was recording so much stuff. So just just really different in terms of the way that they approached their careers and therefore their, their legacies. But I guess it doesn't really matter because if you're a massive two-pack fan or a massive Biggie fan, you either like all the shit that they've done or at least like listen to it or you just like the two albums that Biggie made. So either way, you're happy, aren't you? Um, but good question. Thanks it was for that. A good question. Very good question. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna um, we're gonna have another quick break before we get into the third topic, um, and then we're gonna talk about best ad libs in the game. After all. Our... Okay. Right. For topic three, um, we're gonna talk about best ad libs slash ticks in rap history, and some of the examples we got is West Side Gun, mm-hmm. Rick Ross, Puffy. Uh, and we want to we want to talk about our favourites. So, so Cal, do you want to start with this one? Any any favourites? Yeah, I, I it was I, I came up with the subject because I think it was because of the whole West Side Gun thing. And uh, I've, Ricky Ross's is one of my favourite, one of my favourites. The oh, like I just wish I could do that. I wish I could do that justice. Like it's just one of those things. It's addictive, and uh, when you know Rick Ross is like. I remember when he first came around and it came out that he was like a, a prison officer. I was like, oh, he's fake. Oh, I hate him. And then and then I, you just hear him do the odd guest verse here and there. When you know his verse is about to come, it's because he goes, oh. And then he comes <laughs> and then he comes in. And he usually, when he does a guest verse, he smashes it. Like, yeah. I, I really quite like Rick Ross now. I didn't used to love him, but I actually really quite like him now. He's good. 
Fair. How about you, T? Any 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 favourite ad libs in the game? Um, I like I like the Method Man one when he just used to do a heavy breath, like do like um. Yeah, I listened to Triumph today, and he kind of does does a, does a lot on his verse there. So I like the oh. Method Man kind of um, deep breath he does in between verses. Um, also on um was it the ODB album Rawhide, mm-hmm. did 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 a lot on that track as well. So probably my favourite. People kind of go through phases of doing them. I think um, Kanye used to do a lot of ha in between his verses. Uh, yeah, and, and Jay-Z does a laugh as well. So I guess there's that as well. Yeah. But, good um, but yeah, I just love that. I love the West Side Gun. It's just so distinctive. And, you know, I mean, we've, me and Carl have ragged in him as an MC, but got to respect what he's done. And his rap song is that bad. I mean, he kind of... Sometimes you're going to get caught in the kind of um, hive mind when someone says he's bad. Actually, he's actually not that good. But then I listened back again. I thought, oh, I was probably being a bit harsh. I think the thing with West Side Gun is, I think if you have him, if you have him on a on a song or a couple of a couple of features on an album, like he's cool and all the bo 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 like that's cool <laughs> as well. But like when you listen to one of his albums and he's saying bo 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 like fucking 20 times a song for 10, 15 songs, it's just like, oh mate, leave it out. But he's, he's just so prolific as well. He'd probably be another one like two pack. That like, runs about four or five albums a year yeah. at one point, maybe even more. Mm-hmm. The thing is like, so I, I also had, um, I my basically my notes on this was Method Man's little breath thing. Cause right. he just does this like, the little like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sucking of air thing. Um, but I see that as more of a, like, so you've put on here, Cal, about best ad-libs and ticks. Like, they're kind of two different things, aren't they? Because yeah. there's one which is like, that. I see that as Method Man's style. He's probably, like, uh, subconscious. He probably doesn't really think, right, I'll add that and add this. Whereas going, but, 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 and brrr, is like a really <laughs> thought-out ad-lib. Yeah. So the fact the fact that that's the case is makes it even more mental that he does it every fucking ten seconds yeah. on every record that he's ever on. It's like <laughs> sure, surely someone's going, you know, you don't have to do that, and he's like, what? Like really? Um, no, but he's gone the <laughs> other way. Now he's like, no, I don't have to rap anymore. All I've got to do is go bo 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 bo, and then everyone's happy. I love that. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> no, properly, I rate him for that big time. Yeah, he's properly doubled down. He's like, fuck it. That's, if that's what they want, that's what they're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> and also he's influenced a generation of podcasters because now we're doing it every two minutes on every podcast any of us are ever on so or just walking through the office at work yeah <laughs> i found myself doing that for a couple of days just walking through the office after that that freestyle came out just every now and again just go bo, 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 bo. it's just yeah thing is like now we're everyone's at home like uh on conference calls and video calls like there's a lot of time where basically there's like say six people like six of my colleagues on a call i might just be like the west side gun like ad-libbing so like my colleague would be like yeah so basically you know we're preparing the statistics for the new pre-. and then there's me in the background just go bo, 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 bo. <laughs> i think that'll work quite, quite yeah. nicely like corporate ad-libs I'll be doing the puffy. I'll just be doing the puffy ad libs. My manager will be speaking, and I'll be going, "Yeah, nine nine, bad boy, run the jewels." (laughs) (laughs) Take that, take that. (laughs) Just, just, just bad boy in the background. It's bad. Come out and play. Yeah, that. Just do that. Be fine. Um. All right. On this kind of related to this subject, um, sob is amazing. Asks us, has there ever been a hip hop skit that remained worthwhile beyond the first listen? 
And then he's put the only two th- the only two I can think of that might meet that criteria are um, Persinamac off Capital Punishment and that Mad Chicken Shop skit on the score. And I was kind of thinking this is quite an interesting subject because as a I was racking my brains about this, trying to think like just off the top of my head if I could think about this stuff. And then I thought, right, well I better start researching this because we that's the n- new thing that we're doing now is researching the pod. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, what's that? It'll catch on. Yeah, exactly. So someone's going to start, you know, seeing the light and start actually researching. Um, and the only one that I could think of that caught my like memory was um, Method Man on Thirty Six Chambers, uh, the torture. I bang them shits with a rusty nail. That that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I thought, actually, when I listen to the album, it annoys me because I have to sit through it to get to like next track. So I, I came to the realization that I fucking hate skits, and I wish that they were just burnt with flames. Uh, I mean, what kind of brought it about was um, De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising. Before then, he never really had skits in hip hop, and now you can't even complete an album without one. Um, there's loads of iconic ones I'm probably going to forget now. Um, but yeah, the one in the Fugees, that's, I, I, I didn't even think about that till now. That was actually quite funny. Um, but Wu Tang were notorious for their skits of um, Kung Fu, Kung Fu, Kung Fu, sorry, movies. And I guess in a way, Kwan we kind of got like black exploitation stuff as well. Yes, I was going to say that. All the bitches are the same, just like my hoes. Yes, <laughs> I keep them, bro. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> give me a little money, they go crazy. <laughs> and then even on even even on Glaciers of Ice, you know, you you know what? Got this fly idea, man. Got this wallabies. Boom! I dyed this half navy blue. Some other <laughs> shit like that. My American accent is terrible, but um. Yeah. Yeah, so in a way, it's kind of fun, but there's some albums that have like 27 tracks and there's 13 skits. Just fuck off. Yeah, yeah. it's not necessary. It's too many. Any any standout skits for you, Cal? Uh, yeah, there's a few. Uh, so the first one is Mad Rapper of Bad Boy. Oh, good shout. The man had a, a whole album. He brought out an album. Um and yeah, I think Mad Rapper is the one for me because they did it. It was consistent and they did it every album. It was on the Mace album, Puffy albums, Biggie albums, everything like. And yeah, it, it was D-Dot, wasn't it? The producer that did the voice for that. And he ended up bringing out a Mad Rapper album, um, uh, which was OK. Um, and but and he would rap in between like his own rapid style as D-Dot. And then he would rap as the Mad Rapper. Um so yeah, Mad Rap is the one that stands out. There's the I just kind of did it a minute ago. There was the one. It's on a Puffy album, and he it's Puffy is Mad Rapper is having a dream that Puffy is robbing him using ad libs. That's <laughs> 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 quite funny. That one always stands out. And the other skits that stand out is uh, T. You're not going to like this. Uh, Ken Kniff on Eminem albums. Um, the second album in particular, Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, it's when Ken Kniff is like an obsessed kind of groupie person, and he's gay, and he he like prank calls Eminem, and he says, "I'll melt in your mouth and none in your ass," <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. That is, no, it's I'll melt in your mouth and not in your hand. Melt in your ass, you little cock boy. <laughs> There's another one on that album where it's just it just starts with him just giving a like a blowjob. Yes, just, yes. At the beginning, yeah. it's fucking gross. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. But Ken Kniff really stands out because they were really funny. Yeah. They were really really funny. Mad Rapper is a great shot, by the way. On kicking the door, 
when he's yes, like, yes. Uh, Hi, I'm Shay from New Rochelle. <laughs> he's like, Bitch, you can't be asking me that. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's the one that stands out the most because that, and then that song's such a banger. But you, as yeah. soon as you like, yeah, it's like as soon as you hear the mad rapper's voice, you think about kicking the door. It's just, it, they go together, those two, so well. Yeah. I mean, there's a few others I thought of. Um, Redman, the funky uncles. I know neither of you'd listen to him, so you wouldn't know, but um trash uncles. Trash. <laughs> Garbage uncles. He's a fucking legend, you can't. So anyway, so um <laughs> so on the first album, the interlude was Funky Uncles, and then on the second album he did a song called Green Island. I was right. actually tweeted about this evening, and um in the song he raps as himself, then he goes back into the funky uncles kind of accent while right. he raps. So that was quite cool. Um on the infamous album. There's kind of a skit where they call out Keith Murray. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's one before Give Up the Goods where someone just raps for them. That was actually pretty cool. Um, I'm thinking Outcast, um, Southern Playlistic. I believe there was a skit before Crumbling Herb, a guy called Big Rube, who's just like um, somebody who just like talks for hours and hours or talks lots of sense, really deep stuff. So it's just like some kind of um, little monologue and then Crumbling Herb starts on Southern Playlistic album. So I remember those. Yeah, it's a good show. Actually, you just reminded me as well. See, now now we're getting into one of these like tangents where we keep remembering shit. <laughs> um, on, on, I think, Common's first four albums, he has like um, Pops, which I think was just, just like his old man, basically kind of a similar thing to the Big Rube stuff where he kind of like, it's almost like spoken word poetry. Yeah. It kind of like sums up and ties up that album and... It's kind of like uh, with a little instrumental in the background. They're quite cool. I mean, again, it's like it's at the end of the album, which I think is good because then I don't have to like go through it to get to stuff that I like. Uh, it'd be very rare that I'd actually sit through and listen to it more than like the first listen. But um, kind of a cool idea, kind of a cool concept. That, that bloody reminded me, Redman did the Superman Lover series mm. for his first four albums. So I would have got a shot if I didn't say that. Nah. Yeah, I've that... got one more. Go on. DJ Easy Dick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. What's that? Snoop Dogg, Dog Pound albums, Warren G. Um, yeah, DJ Easy Dick. He was like uh, 86.4, was it? Was the radio yeah. station? Um, Can't yeah. have fun if the homies don't get none, that one. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And he was on everything on the Warren G albums, Nate Dogg albums, all, all the West Coast kind of death row guys. DJ Easy Dick was on there all the time, uh, giving it to you the long way. Yeah. In a jack-off hour. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you got the um, 20 Sack Pyramid with DOC on the yeah. Chronic first album. Fucking love that interlude. Pulse yeah. of Porno on 2001 as well. And oh, there's yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's it called? I Bar- don't like sex skits. Yeah, sex skits are weird. Pulse of Porno. I yeah. don't like it. Uh, yeah, I don't like the sex skits. They're always just a bit like, oh, fuck off, mate. Yeah, well, because there's also that on Ready to Die, isn't there, where he's like um, yeah. banging that girl, and it's just like it just it just so like cuts through. If you're especially like so, when I was younger, I used to like convince my mum it'd be a good idea to play like Dre 2001 in in the car on the way to school, right. and like you 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 know you you're blazing out the tunes, and it's fine because she's not really listening to the lyrics, and then it cuts to pause for porno. There's nowhere to go from that. She knows exactly what that is, and she's mm. she's absolutely livid at that point. Um, and then even when you get older and you're driving around in your own whip and you got the windows down in the summer, and then all of a sudden it's ah, ah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that fucking meme, you know, when you get sent that fucking yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah, that, yeah. but you're doing it to yourself in the car. It's, it's tragic. Yeah. 
good time. Yeah. So it turns out there are actually loads of skits. Loads um, of that skits. all right. But um, Sob is amazing. Good question, mate. Thanks for that. Um, right, we're going to have another quick break. Uh, and then we are uh, going to come back and we're going to be talking. This this one is going to be interesting. We're going to basically create each our own four-person supergroup. This this is going to lead to a serious debate. So um, we will be back in, in a little bit and we're going to talk about that. Welcome back to the Hip Hop Forum. I am joined by Cal. Hello, champ. I'm also joined by Thelonious Filth. Hello, hello. What's up? Right. Cal, you asked this question, uh, and then as soon as we stopped recording, you went, oh, shit, I haven't done any any research or thought about this. No. So this, this, could be quite, this could be quite interesting. Um, essentially, you set me and T the challenge to create our own four-person supergroup in hip-hop. I'm going to uh, impose a rule. Okay, shoot. No superstars. No oh. Jay-Z, no Nas, no Biggies, no Tupacs, no superstars. Oh, fuck. That's fucking weird. Why? Yeah, because I just kind of think you think about supergroups, and then you know, I, my, when you think about it, I think about like Slaughterhouse. So it's like Joe Budden, Royce, Joel Ortiz, Crooked Eye, Crooked Eye, like misfits, like not oh, let's have Jay Z Nas together, like no, like I no no superstars. Okay, then let me let me let me give some more things. I said so I had Jay Z and Biggie as part of my group. So no, fuck both off. Gone. They're both gone. Yeah, no, no, that's cheating. All right, let me let me rethink this then, because I'm, I'm I wanted to just I'll give you my thought process without telling you who I picked. I wanted to create this will shock you guys a New York bars <laughs> tricky bars Air Force One Timberland group exactly <laughs> fucking stab you up in a drug deal yeah uh, proper size thirty eight jeans boot cuts exactly they're uh, called the boot cut bangers yeah exactly <laughs> just just strictly Fubu and Nike Air shut your mouth yeah um. So I'm gonna to have to have a little rethink. So, Cal, have you have you got yours now, based on your new nope. rules just imposed to us t- a second before we're supposed to talk about it? Nope. Uh, so, do you know where this kind of came from? We was we was obviously all like gushing about Griselda and all of that, and then I, I sat there one day and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Griselda signed Nems? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, imagine Nems, but with West Side Gun, go bo 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 in the background. Like, I thought, oh, that would be really cool. And then that's what made me think of the question: um, hip hop supergroup. Who? How would we put it together? So, do you know what? I'm going to give you my thinking here on a supergroup. Okay. So, I think it's important to have someone that can make beats as well as rap a little bit. Yeah. So my first draft pick is the Alchemist. Interesting. Well, you can't rap, Kenny. He does yeah. a little bit. He dabbles. Yeah, he dabbles. Yeah. Um, he's so not, that he's not he's not top tier, but he's he's all right. Yeah. Uh, should should we just do one together, like one group together, or should no. we do our own? No, we, we have our own. own. I don't I don't want any your. Okay, shit. fine, fine, fine. Okay, you do the bootcut bangers then. You tell us what how <laughs> what they're gonna be. Well. <laughs> Okay, so I'll, I'll give you so along that along that lines. I originally thought about um, the same thing, which is like you need a producer mm-hmm. as opposed to just having four rappers because you could have four rappers like Slaughterhouse and then be stuck with Eminem beats and be fucking chewing your ass off. Yep. So I I tried to segue in. So I originally thought about having Havoc as my um, mm-hmm. good, yeah, because he's made some of the greatest beats in hip hop and yep. he can rap. My my issue with that is I wanted Prodigy. So, so then I've just basically got Mob Deep plus two features. So I, I I'm gonna sacrifice Havoc and just have DJ Premier. 
that's okay. that's my that's my call. So I've got I've He's got not a superstar then. Well, he wasn't on Cal, Cal's list. So Fair is enough. it? Is he, if he is, yeah. I'll take him out and swap him for Havoc and rework Prodigy. But what's the what's the rules, Cal? Um, who do you want to have? You want to have DJ Premier? I want Premier, but if I can't have him because he's you like, you can have Premier. I just didn't want you to do Jay Z, Nas, Biggie, yeah. and two, like, yeah, just not suit. I mean, superstars like they, DJ Premier is fine. Okay, fine. In that case, I'm having DJ Premier, and yeah. I'm going to have Prodigy from Mob Deep, okay. because what I've realised is uh, actually from my playing habits on Spotify that Mob Deep are my most listened to artist. Ah, okay. And I actually really. Uh, really, really like Prodigy. I think his flow is really unusual, uh, and his voice is so iconic. Um, and actually, think like for the majority of his career, he worked with Havoc and Alchemist. So we never really heard him on a premier beat. And I feel like there's an opportunity for him to to work like alongside Premier quite nicely. The other member of my group is um, clearly much better than Lloyd Banks, um, which is Big L. Um, <sighs> I feel I feel like big big L for like punchlines and mm. just being being a fucking savage and that kind of high pitched tone mm. sitting alongside Prodigy's more like laid back and spoken thing. The contrast would be really nice, I think, between those two. Um, so, because I'm kind of thinking like you know on on tracks where you're getting like uh, multiple like rappers on verses, they get a verse each. Having right. Prodigy intersecting with Big L as an idea, like sonically, uh, excites me. It gets me aroused, uh, okay. especially over a premiere beat. Um, and then my my third space, which uh, which I've got left, is is a real tough one because um, now you've taken away kind of the big hitters of of Big and J, which it would have been one of them two in the mix. Um, my probably my curveball would be Cormega. You fuck! I fucking had him on my list. You fuck. Have <laughs> that. Have fuck. that. Fucking sla- Remember when Roy Keane smashed Inga Harland and just went, have that, you can. Have that, you can. That's exactly what you're having. Um, and I'll tell you why, because again, uh, Cormega delivers what? one of the best, the best verses in hip-hop for me, which is on um, Mob Deep's Wash Your Poison. His, his verse, the last verse on that track, if you've never heard it, just listen to it. It's fucking perfect. Rhyme scheme's incredible. Storytelling, uh, drug dealer ghetto shit. It's just fucking hard. Uh, and again, voice-wise, uh, he's the kind of middle ground between Big L's high pitch, Prodigy's uh, low soft-spoken. He's the, he's the middle ground. DJ Premier on the production. Boom! Shut your mouth. For sake. Talk to me. And, and a supergroup's going to be called Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> You anywhere near to completing a group T? Yeah, I've, I've I've got a few ideas. So um, go on then. So uh, the producer rapper would probably be Black Milk. Okay, interesting. Take yeah. him. Um, this is going to be a curveball. Yeah. But Ander- Anderson Park. Oh, He can rap and he can do hooks. He's not the best MC or anything, but I think he'd just make. Make things a bit fresh, and also can produce some of the tracks as well. Yeah, exactly. That's a good. That's a good call to you. I like that. Mm. Um, I'd probably have uh, have Blue. Okay. Fucking love Blue. One of my all-time favorites. No one from New York here. Oh, well. and Damn. I guess the other rapper completing it would be Andre Three Thousand. So it'd be oh. kind of um, it would even be like um, straight bars, you know, yeah. rapidy rap. It would yeah. be almost like a melodic type thing because um. Black Milk produced some of Slum Villager's stuff, so 
yeah, we'd have that little bit of Jay Dillon lineage there. And he'd have um, Anderson Park adding, adding some vocals to the rapping as well. So, yeah, that's my left field supergroup. It's nice, mate. Do you know what this? It, it's got a lot of um, like soul question vibes about it. Like it'd yeah, be yeah. creating something. It'd be hip hop, but it'd be very musical and 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 good. Yeah, it's a good shout, mate. It's a good shout. I like the fact that we've we're like really different. And I think what we'll do is once we got cows, uh, we'll, we'll stick this on like some sort of Twitter poll and see see who's who's going to win this this poll. So sure, cows, yeah. no pressure, mate. But don't oh, fuck God, it. I'm scared. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I had Alchemist as my producer rapper. Uh, Method Man as my first first MC I picked. Then I picked... Oh, no. Then I, I thought, okay, let's have a West Coast guy. So initially I was going to have Corrupt, um, and but then I've switched to Nipsey Hussle because he's a little bit more modern. Um, and I like him. I think he's good. He can rap East Coast. He can go... He can rap over West Coast beats. And then I really struggled with the last one because you took Cormega off of me. Um, so I picked... Uh, Beanie Siegel, uh, because <laughs> he could be really gully, really gully, or he could be really quite introspective. Yeah. And so, and he's done some great verses over the years. I really quite like Beanie Siegel. Um, so yeah, those those are mine. Those are mine. I don't know what the group would be called, but that's that's what I've thrown together. Do, do you want to? Um, I'll I'll do a transfer request here. You can okay. have you can have Cormega if I can have Scarface. Oh, Scarface. No, fuck you, you. No, fuck you. I was going to pick him as well. Scarface <laughs> is a good pick. That is a good oh, pick. I just, when you said Beanie Siegel, I was like, and you're like, oh, he's done some great verses over time. I was thinking, who's done the best like guest verses? And I was like, actually, do you know what? Maybe Scarface to shout. And actually, um, just as a little segue to that, um, Square Marvin at Chucky Bizzle asks us, not sure if you've answered this before, but best guest artist ever. It's Method Man. You got that um, Reddit post, haven't you? Yeah, Method Man. It's Method Man. You just have to. There's this Reddit post, and uh, I'll send it to you, John. And if you want to post it on yeah. on the notorious socials, so people can read this post, because someone has really gone in and detailed why Method Man is the best guest rapper ever. Uh, because he can do. He does R and B. He does gully shit. He can do all of it. He's and he's just done so much. I think the second one, which a lot of people mentioned on that Reddit post, was Buster Rhymes. Yeah, Buster's a great shout as well. I think, yeah, it's the versatility, isn't it? Because like, you, like you said, with uh, Method Man's done joints with Mary J. Blige. Buster's done stuff with like Mariah Carey. I think having that versatility to cross over, like crossover ice, is, is pretty important. I, I mean, it's obvious, but I would say probably like Jay-Z as well. Like if you think about it's the stuff he did with Linkin Park. Mm. Um, and yeah, Electronica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what? What is the best guest rapper on Jay Z's album? That he's just... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit later on because we're gonna answer some of your questions. But just to, just to sum up, um, the supergroup. Yeah, we'll, we'll put these up. We'll, we'll let we'll let the public decide. We're all about um, democracy on this pod. Um, so we'll stick these up and we'll let you have you say which one you thinks. Which and one... also, people submit your own. No exactly. superstars, but submit your own. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll stick a little post up, get you guys involved in that. So I guess the artist, um, R.A. the Rugged Man, um, un- Uncommon uncommon Valor. Ah, yes, yes, yeah. I nearly had him in my supergroup. I was really quite tempted to put him. He wouldn't in... have fit. I was going to put him in mine, but he wouldn't have fit with the other three, so I allowed it. But um, yeah, I think R.A. the Rugged Man does a really, really good guest verse. You mentioned Rick Ross earlier on. Yep. Um, Devil in a new dress, isn't it? Or blue dress? Uh, I was getting mixed up. New... new dress, I think. 
Yeah. Andre uh, 3000 is a bit of a show stealer as well. Uh, so I like him. Even on an R&B track like Beyonce's Party, he smashes it, you know. So yeah. I like Andre 3000 is pretty good too. Yeah, it's a good shout. Good, good stuff. I like that. Good question, Cal. Enjoyed that, mate. Yeah. Um, right, we're going to have another quick break and then we're going to answer all your questions. We've got some, we've got some fucking great questions here, including from, uh, from Tony D, one of the greatest battle rappers in the game. So stay with us and we'll be back very shortly. Am I the only one that starts Devlin in a new dress at that intro bit with the guitar? With the wow. Cuts the out. Solo. Yeah, I just cut out Kanye completely and just start with that. You fucking weird nonce. Yeah, that is proper nonce, mate. That. Fuck Kanye. All those fan boys. <laughs> Fuck Kanye's the god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. It is funny. It's I, think it's, I think it's just funny. Is just that all we ever do is just cut each other off, like constantly yeah. <laughs> find a way to disagree with each other all the fucking time. Yeah. Even if there's like a take that we're all in agreement on, someone just go, that's a bit weird, mate. That's weird. Fuck you, off. You, what's the matter with you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> like touching kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's what made me laugh. Oh, fuck me. Right. We're going to answer your questions now because we got uh, we got shitloads and there's some really good ones on here. So we're going to try and smash our way through these and we will answer all the questions. So um, Square Marvin at Chucky Bizzle, he asked us a question earlier. He's also asked us this. Unlikely rapper slash producer combo you'd like to see an album from? Oh God! The thing is, there are there's loads of possibilities here because you could get like West Coast guys on East Coast producer beats and vice versa. Um, but maybe we should just like think outside the box because it doesn't yeah. actually say like that they have to be a hip hop producer. Um, Kanye and Nems. Oh my God! <laughs> so Kanye's like trying to get him to make Jesus music all the time. He's like, nah. <laughs> Jesus <Dad>. Christ! God. <laughs> oh, fuck you! God. Fuck your wife with a cross. <laughs> Judaism, garbage. Christianity, garbage. <laughs> Islam, garbage. A nut in your holy water. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Unlikely oh. producer rapper combo. Um, God, it's difficult to really say. Um. There was one that was a bit left field um, that actually did happen was Pete Rock and um, Smoke Dizza. That's actually was a really that? good well, album. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was yeah. cool, wasn't it? Yeah, because um, if you follow Pete Rock on um, Instagram and um, on Facebook, he really, really hates new rap. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, Smoke Dizza wasn't someone you'd say is a classic rapity rap rapper, mm. you know, of complex bars or anything, but they really combined quite well. So that's mm. probably one that actually did happen. I'd say that's that probably says unlikely. Um, Fuck, it's really difficult to say, man. Because someone like Just Blaze, mm. he's done R&B and he's done hip-hop, so he can do anything, really. Mm. So the way I'm thinking about it is, and this, this will actually genuinely will shock you, uh, I'd like to hit someone like Kendrick, hold on, with like someone like Mark Ronson, like a super producer who makes like uh, modern like soul-type pop music and see what Kendrick and him could create because I look at what Ronson did for someone like, let's say, uh, Winehouse, for example, and flipped her sound on its head and just created something. Whether you like it or not, it was just interesting and different. And I feel like Kendrick, as much as I'm not a massive fan of his, he is a very talented and creative artist. 
And I think it would be quite interesting to see what those two would, would create. For the record, anyone who doesn't like Amy Winehouse is a nonce. That is a fact. How can you not like Back to Black on any level? At least one song off the album. Come on. Trash. Garbage. <laughs> Amy Winehouse. I, I know. I loves it. <laughs> uh, nah, Amy Winehouse is cool. Yeah, she's cool. She's fine. Uh, I, I was thinking Kendrick as well, you know. Uh, I was thinking Kendrick. Um, I uh, Yeah, I kind of look at this like, okay, what? It's almost like a coach and an athlete. So yeah. what what producer, the coach, can get the best out of this athlete that's got talent but perhaps doesn't isn't showing it completely? So who can like make that that person like go to the next to the next level? So in terms of an MC, I thought uh, Joey Badass mm. Good and show. someone perhaps someone like Large Pro. Oh, that would be that would be cool. I'd like to hear that just from a yeah kind of proper hip hop. Yeah, someone kind of new, but with someone kind of old school, for lack of a better word. And to to give almost like what you'd call give them the rub, like say, I believe in you, I back you, go on. I'm giving you like the stamp of approval, like from the old school guys. So some, yeah, someone like that, Joey Badass and Large Pro. Yeah, because I feel like um, Joey's mixtape, 1999, was like was fucking amazing from a like mixtape point of view. It's, It's one of the better, better ones out. And he tried to stick with that New York sound and kind of keep it like up to date. So I feel like uh, even a Pete Rock and like Joey collab would would be kind of quite interesting because it'd be like that modern modern artists trying to create a newer boom bap sound would be quite interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm all about that. Um, next question also from Chucky Bizzle is asked favorite metaphor from a rapper. Um, as soon as I read this, the first thing that popped into my head is um, is a lyric uh, which is basically just goes, and I like her like a metaphor, uh, which I always thought was really dumb, but actually is c- kind of quite smart. Um, the other one that I like, um, and that was Lupe Fiasco, sorry. Uh, the other one that I like is uh, Common, um, which is from like My Way Home. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'll, I'll read the lyrics because it's just easier to give you the whole piece. Otherwise, it's just going to be a bit fucking disjointed. Um, the young smoke grass in grassless jungles, rubber band together in cashless bundles. I always thought that was fucking cool. That is pretty clever. That mm-hmm. is pretty good. That it's really, good. really cool. And the ho- that whole verse, so it's, um, it's from My Way Home by Kanye, which is actually, it's, it's just common basically on the track. Um yeah, pray to God that my arms reach the masses, the young smoke grass and grassless jungles rubber band together in cashless bundles. Wow. Where struggling chains divided, only hustle remains. Making sense of it, we hustle for change. It's fucking great. Um, yeah, that's one I like. Don't know if you boys have got any others. You got one, T? I haven't got any massively clever ones, but there's some funny ones like, um, it's not even a metaphor really, but I think um, Kanye did a verse on um a consequence track called So Soulful, probably one of my favourite songs of this, of the last 15, 20 years. Love the song so much. And um, he says, um, hate when girls acting bougie as hell. I never really seen them naked like Blue Cantrell. And <laughs> people who know Blue Cantrell as well know that she appeared in a porno mag in her early days. Yeah. yeah. Black Tail, I even remember the magazine. And um, <laughs> so when I hear him come out of that room, I'm like, bloody hell. <laughs> it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a throwback. Um that's probably the one, one that springs to mind. Um, Conway did loads on the, I mean, this is actually almost referring to a later question. Um, 
on the Griselda freestyle. Well, it's kind of a freestyle, but anyway. And um, he talks about going to prison and coming out Zion-sized. Yes, I, did, I, I, like, I that. like that bar. I, I love that bar. That was good. That was good. I can't think of one. I'm going to pass. I can't. I can't think of. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to think of them off the top of your head. Like when you yeah. you, you think about it. Um, well, let's keep going. Then Richard Richard Clark asks, uh, not being a rap slash hip hop expert, why do I never seem to see Cypress Hill in the legends type arguments? Are they not that well regarded by the purists? What say you? I thought this was a really good question. Really, that is a good question. I think that um, the gimmick of them smoking weed. I want to go smoking weed now. <laughs> but I think the gimmick of them being potheads kind of um, over, kind of became more of a priority than their rap career, really. Um, I lost interest after Insane in the Brain, but the first album was fucking amazing. But I just found that they were more synonymous with smoking weed than they were for making actual decent music. So, and I guess they kind of appealed to a different demographic in the end, a bit like House of Pain. You know, they're kind of um, yeah. student-y. No, yeah. not so student but the kind of the, the demographic they appeal towards wouldn't really get them the the credit they maybe deserve in hip-hop purist circles. Yeah, they kind of moved over to the kind of like skater side yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. That, of that era. Etni jeans, um, etni trainers and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think about them, Cal, generally? Yeah, they they're kind of like it's it's stoner music, isn't it? And it's like when you're when you're like twenty and you're smoking weed, it's like it's all right. It sounds quite cool. Like I don't I like I like Cypress Hill, but I never listen I never listen to their music ever. I can't remember the last time I listened to one of their albums. Um, yeah, they just I think it's just that kind of music that you like when you're young and you kind of grow out of it. And they just never seem like T said. They never seem to just get. They never seem to evolve as a group. They never seem to change. And I just don't think their music had had much staying power, to be honest. Um, but saying that, I think I might listen to listen to one of their albums tomorrow just to see if I'm wrong. Listen to their first one. It's their best one. Yeah, I think the first two are decent. Uh, what's the second one? Black Sunday, I think it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, that, that's also really good. I, I like both of those albums, Cypress Hill and Black Sunday, both decent. But I think. That's because that was both early nineties. So I'm just having a look at it. Yeah, ninety one, ninety three. Yeah. So that that's kind of golden era hip hop, and I think maybe that their sound started moving in towards the kind of more rocky, skatery kind of sound after that, and that's maybe where you know the likes of us kind of lost interest um, yeah. in it. But yeah, I I think that they should be regarded as like I mean, legends are very like broad term, isn't it? Um, but the, the I mean, they've sold twenty million albums worldwide. It's a lot. Mm. So a lot so that they should be considered like legends in hip-hop i mean if you say cypress hill people know exactly who you're talking about yeah, well, yeah there are a lot of, yeah well they had um what's it dj mugs who produced the music he went on to make um loads of good albums of different rappers made on made the few tracks of the jizzer that was a so, great grandmasters wasn't it yeah 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 that yeah. was a great album yeah yeah he's worked with loads of people he's worked with um u2 depeche mode dizzy rascal fucking loads of people die antwood like loads of loads of randoms um so yeah i i think that they they should be considered like legendary um in hip-hop and i think they've definitely got their their place um but yeah they, they will never be in that kind of like top elite tier of, of kind of like the run dmcs and wu-tangs and gang stars of this world but they've definitely got their place and i also think that they created kind of a a different sound or at least like pioneered that sound a little bit more with kind of like live 
band hip hop similar to like the roots where they kind of they brought that live element i saw, saw them live and they were fucking great so yeah maybe maybe they don't get the props they sh- they deserve um right next question tony d friend of the show he's actually coming back to do uh illmatic um while we're all under quarantine he's, he's decided he's got some time to, to come back and and Excellent. talk about illmatic so that is going to be a good one so don't miss that um so he wants to know about this J Electronica joint. Now we were originally going to do like a, a review of the album and go into it, but I actually think we can kind of say what we need to say in this question. So was the J Electronica joint worth the wait? And did Jay-Z outwrap him? T. It was never going to be worth the wait. It's never going to be worth 10 years. Um, but I still enjoyed the album. I enjoyed it a lot. Did Jay-Z outshine him? I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't believe he did. A lot of people said he did, but I think maybe, maybe on one track he may have done. But I think on the whole, Jay, Jay Electronica probably had the better verses. Favorite track of it is "Fruits of the Spirit." Love that track so much. Wish it was longer. Cal, I, uh, I don't think Jay Z outwrapped him. Um, I think he may have shone a bit more. And it seemed he was the guy responsible for crafting, putting together the songs and crafting the songs because he was doing a lot. Of, he was doing the hooks and stuff on quite a few of the songs. And Jay Electronica was just doing verses. It didn't seem like Jay Electronica had a whole lot to do with like the songs being crafted. It was almost, it did feel like a Jay Z album that Jay Electronica was on rather than the other way around to me. Not because Jay Z was better, but he just seemed to, he did seem to stand out more. But it was, I think, was it worth the wait? I, do you know what it was? Because every time Jay Electronica was on the mic, I was like, oh, it's Jay, it's, it's Jay Alec again. And it, you, I paid more attention to what he was doing uh, because it's been so long. So I enjoyed it. I really liked the album. Uh, I did really, really like the album. I liked the little Louis Farrakhan shit. I love all that. That was great. <laughs> well, and, uh, is it, Louis, Fa- it is it, Louis Farrakhan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, overwhelming event. Yeah, but yeah. Jay Jay Electronica produced half the album as well. So wow, fair yeah, play. That. Fair play. Yeah, well, so my um, just my two cents really quickly on this. Um, I've really struggled to get into the album. If I'm being honest, boys, uh, not not because like it wasn't worth the way or it was. I just maybe I'm not been in the right mindset. And actually, T, you sent into our little chat uh, a thing about listening to albums and like properly dedicating your time, like switching off and just listening to an album. So I plan on doing that at some point. Just kind of you know, going for a, a long walk and just having that on and not paying attention to anything else, but just listen to the music. Cause I haven't really given it a proper, proper go. I'm, in, I'm like that with almost all forms of art. It's quite sad. It's leaving the podcast. I'm normal. I'm always listening. Either I'm doing work or I'm driving and you know, you kind of just drift in and out. I yeah. strongly, strongly believe that hip hop was made to be played on speakers and loud. Um, yeah. Yes. We have, all have headphones. We all use them from time to time. And, but I think rap is at its best when it's on speakers and it's loud. And I think if you want to enjoy this new Jay Z slash Jay Electronic album, then that's what I would do: bang it loud while you're doing while you're doing the polishing around the house. Maybe I'll just go for a little drive, smash it on. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be good. Um, we always talk about rappers and can you bump their music in the whip? Like, can you play yeah. it in the whip? And I think that is the test. You yeah. know, bl- playing it loud with your mate. You know, as you're fucking driving down the A40. I think that's the true test. Yeah, I want to look fucking mean. I want to look cool. Like, give me something I can nod my head to. Um, but with with the Jay Z thing, like, if he outwraps him or not, it's kind of like it's kind of like a player 
Um, having a really bad injury, being out of the game for, for a couple of seasons, coming back, signing for Barcelona, and then people going, yeah, but Messi outshined him. Well, does it matter if one of the best ever outshines you? Like, no. Like, I don't, it's not really a shock if one of the best rappers ever outwraps someone. So I even if that's true, even if that's people's perception, that's hardly a slight on Jay Electronica. It's true. Like, it's, it's a bit weird that Jay-Z weird. had the first verse on the album, though. That is weird. That is weird. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, I, yeah, that is an odd thing because it's like it's kind of polite. You just let the fucking artist do the first thing, and features are always there. It's a, it's a weird thing. I, I don't feel like there's you you either have like joint albums or you have like features, and sometimes like on a Dre album where you have like multiple artists are featured on multiple tracks. Mm. But this is neither of those things. It's really weird. It's just like it is almost like a joint album. It's weird. So anyway, we, we, we won't dwell on that anymore because Tony D's got some other questions for us. Um, I'm, I'm going to do something and you're going to tell me what the subject is. You ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Griselda. We've got a Griselda question. A okay. very simple one. Very simple one. Who do you prefer, Benny or Conway? It was always Benny. But then the Griselda freestyle on Fire in the Booth happened and it kind of get, kind of made me take a bit of a... An about turn. No, I didn't really give Conway the credit he deserves. And on that freestyle, he outshone Benny. Even Benny kind of almost said so himself on Instagram. But I think I've, I'll have to pick Benny, but not by not by far. Cal? I've I've always liked Conway more. Always liked Conway more. He's uh, yeah, he's more. I think Benny Benny's been able to craft better albums and better projects so far. But I think Conway's a nicer MC. I think he's a nicer rapper. Um, he really shines in that freestyle kind of format. I know we were talking about freestyles last time out, and you know how how pure they are. But in that kind of format, he, that's when he really, really stands out. And so Conway's who I prefer. Yeah, uh, mine's almost the reverse of of yours, T. Which is that um, originally I, I really liked Conway for the for the same reasons as you, Cal. I think he just has that has that grittiness when he's just doing freestyles. And that's, I actually came across him before I even knew what Griselda was. Um, just, just fucking spitting. And cause he's got, he's got quite a unique uh, look and he's got quite a unique like voice and sound. He kind of stands out. And it's like, we've spoken about before Cal about like wrestlers. He's like, he's like Kane, like underneath the mask, like burn and fucked. And, <laughs> and now he's come back to wreak like havoc. Mm. I kind of feel like that's what he's like, but actually as I've kind of like got into Griselda, I think Benny is 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 really nice. He is a really nice MC, and I think you're right. His his uh, his album uh, plugs I met is is probably the best project. Like between them all, like individual project. Agree. I think it's fucking flames. Um, so I, I've kind of become a bit of a Benny fanboy now. So I, I'd probably lean towards towards Benny as well. But um, I feel like we talk about not just every podcast, but every other fucking question. But Griselda are fucking killing it. And, and the stuff they're putting out is great. So if you still haven't checked them out, fucking get on it. Um, next question. Is Royce, Royce59, the best out right now? Simple question. No. Nah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't that fond of his last album. And the anti-vaccine Hotep stuff just turned me <laughs> off it even more. Um, yeah. I mean, it's good that he produced it all. I think he produced all of it. Just at least some of it. So he's shown he's grown as an artist. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Royce. There's just always been something missing for me from him. I don't know if his, I mean, his voice ain't bad. He's got the flows and then everything else. But I've just always, there's always just been something missing for me. 
when we were sat there and we were talking about rapper producer combos, uh, we, we, when one of you guys was talking, I was sat there and I was thinking, what producer could bring the best out of Royce? Who could take? Because, like you said, T Royce is great. He's got bars. He's got he's got everything. But there's something missing. And I like Booker Ryan. I thought it was pretty cool. His albums are too long. They're oh. too long. Um, well, do you know, I think I think the answer to the question perhaps is is Primo the guy that brings the best out of him? Those short prime albums. Is that the best we're going to get from him? Probably is. It's weird, isn't it? I, I feel like Royce uh, echo everything you boys have just said. He's a bit of an enigma in hip hop. Like he should be, he should be the best actually. Like on paper, he's he's kind of got it. Like he's he's got like a fairly recognizable look and voice and sound. His bars, like I think it's like unquestionable, are fucking like top level. Like he's he's really talented. But they're just he doesn't have any like aside from his early days, like Boom uh, and Hip Hop that were both produced by Primo actually. He hasn't got any bangers. He hasn't got any songs that are like that are go to that people are like, oh fuck yeah, I, I want to hear some Royster Five Nine. No, no one's no one's thinking it in that those terms. Yeah. And maybe he's he's almost like suffering from this. Like he's almost too lyrical. He's almost like too too yeah. smart and switched on. He just needs some fucking like grit and grime. And that's what again we mentioned him again. But what Griselda are doing well, they're just hitting you with just straight fucking fire. There's not too much complicated stuff. And the Book of Ryan, I also thought it was quite cool, but I've never listened to it again. Because it's like, it's who wants too to listen long, to it? man. It's who too wants to listen long. to a kid talk about his alcoholic dad and how he beat up his brother for a fucking an hour and a half or however fucking long it is. It's just too long. Too long. Um, so, Tone, the answer is no. Royce is not the best out right now. Tony loves those kind of MCs that like him and Raskasts who are just yeah. like, Super lyrical, super technical, and um, from a technical point of view, he's he's great. I just don't, I just think, I just his music doesn't really hit me in my soul. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I think for guy like purists like Tony, I think to, I can see Tony at home, sat there on YouTube watching those videos where they, you know, those YouTube, those videos where they break down the bar for bar thing that we was talking about that Eminem does. Yeah, I yeah. see Tony doing that. Tony blatantly does that at home sits there watching those little videos or he prints out their lyrics and gets a highlighter out and goes oh yeah you clever cunt and he just <laughs> he's i can see him doing that um, he, he listens to music properly unlike us who do it yeah, while he's doing yeah. the washing up yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's, he's a student of the game that's for sure yeah yeah nah, just as a side note have you boys seen tone's last battle against sirius jones no, no i'm not mate it's um it's brutality on another level from Tone. Fucking great. I watched it yesterday. Uh, the other geezer, Sirius Jones, um, chokes qu- quite a lot. And he's he's just under pressure from Tone the whole way through. It's good. It's good watch. Fun well. uh, he looked like he was going to cry. And he got yeah. so cringe because he was like, he fucked up his words like multiple times. And then, like in some of his early bars, he basically tried to like call Tony a choker. And then, like when Tony goes in his first verse, he's like, "And you called me a choker, you can't." <laughs> it's fucking. I want to know if Tony's ever made someone cry. I need to know that. I'm going to ask him. All right, mate, well, look, when we have Tony on for Ill Mag, we'll uh, I'll make sure I ask him. Yeah, excellent. Uh, he's got one more question for us. Um, okay. Why is why is Graph so underrated? Now, just for, full disclosure, before we start recording. Um, I think it was UT that just went, who's Graph H? <laughs> and to be fair, I didn't know who the fuck he was either. Um, and Cal, you going to make it a hat trick? No, I know him. I know ah, him. Fucking garbage. I'm sorry. Um, I knew about him 
10 years ago or so he brought out a mixtape i can't remember what it was called he'd done he's done a few mixtapes called the oracle and he's just brought a new one out and benny the butcher's on it and conway are both on it they're both on it so listen to their tracks if nothing else and i think uh to answer tony's question he's a shit saigon and (laughs) that's the only way i can answer it he was out around the same time as saigon was a big deal and so even though their style was probably nothing alike, I've decided he's a shit Saigon. Well, fair enough, because T- Tone's a massive Saigon fan. So I like Saigon. He was cool. Yeah. I'm, so. I remember Saigon was in um, Entourage. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. Good shout. Um, all right. Fair enough. I hope that answers your question, Tone. Basically, uh, two out of the three of us didn't know who he was, and Cal thinks he's a shit Saigon. So that should tell you everything you need to know. Um, uh, Eric Sondide, Sondide asks us uh, the W or Iron Flag, um, which one's better, both production-wise and lyricism. Um, probably prefer Iron Flag, if I'm being honest. Go on, T. I Go think on, we're going to say the W, I think, just a bit prick. On to the uh, track list. Yeah, I'm just having a little quick scroll through now. Uh, well, uh, the reason I like Iron Flags is basically Uzi Pinky Rings, an absolute banger. Yeah, uh, underrated. Yeah, yeah, massively underrated. Uh, you, you've been warned as well, or you've been warned. Yeah, I uh, really like that track. Back in the game, featuring Ron Isley, like that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, to be honest, they're they're both those albums are kind of like you could flip a coin, I guess. I don't think that there'll never be anyone's favorite Wu Tang albums, right? No. Um. The gravel pit is on the woo, isn't it? On the W. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, it is. Uh, click clicks on it. Uh, MC conditioner. That I always quite like that. Um, yeah, that's 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 about it, really. I think yeah. um, I, I loved Hollow Bones. I think with the yeah. Sil Johnson sample, um, got um, protecting at the jump off. Yep. That's underrated. Um, gravel pit, as you said. Yeah. Iron flag. Um, I liked babies weirdly, but other than that, I wasn't. I probably would pick the W over it, but not by much. I have heard that about you, T. <laughs> What's that? That you like babies. <laughs> <laughs> Walked into that one. Yeah. For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, good. Right. Um, Dom Senor asks us uh, who was the most vital member of NWA? Now, actually, so when I first said this, I thought, oh, that's. It's fairly obvious, but actually, the more you think about it, there's some there's some potentially interesting answers here. Um, Cal, let's start with you, mate. Who do you think is the most vital member of NWA? I want to say Ice Cube. Mm. Uh, top of my head was Ice Cube because yeah. he wrote everything, uh, especially well him and MC Ren, but wrote everything. But I think probably Easy E, mm. you know. Um, Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, you know, produced, you know, his beats were, you know, they were really good, but his, that the style that he had back then was, was mimicked by quite a lot of other producers. So I feel like they could have replaced him potentially. Um, Ice Cube was really, really important and he probably is the right answer, but I want to say Easy E just because he was a little bit different um, and he was unique. His rap style was unique. He sounded unique. And he brought an, a real street edge to it because he actually was really a street guy, whereas Dr. Yeah. Dre and Ice Cube were not. Good, good shout, T. Uh, it's got to be Eazy-E. Um, he cultivated the image. Black Raiders jackets were in all black. 
Um, I mean, he wasn't really a rapper himself, but obviously Q wrote a lot of his early bars. But in terms of the NWA as an entity, it's got to be easy, the most important. Um, and as far as Cube is in my top five of all time MCs, so there you go. Perfect. But I say easy. That's a good shout. I mean, hard to disagree with that because my, my mind straight away went to Dre. But at the time, he wasn't what he was subsequently in terms of being like the best producer in the game. I think that the beats weren't the reason that they became successful. Easy's, uh, yeah, his his whole style and his voice and everything really gave them that edge. Um, I mean, the, the obvious answer is like they all played their part, but um, but yeah, I think that's that's a good shout. And actually, it was yellow. Uh, it was yellow. Let's have it right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he was the real the real brains of the operation. Yeah. Um, and actually, T, good good question there about uh, or good mention about your five favorite MCs. What we like instead of uh, like rating and reviewing us is is telling us your five favorite MCs, not who you think's the best, but your personal five favorite MCs. So if you want to head over to to iTunes, you can give us a five star review, leave us your five uh, MCs, and then we will um, read through them and rip the shit out of them if we think they're terrible, and if we think they're good, then we might give you some props. Um, we also add all the songs that we mention or feature on the episodes on our Spotify playlist. Um, if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. Um, I've set the link out a few times, but you'll be able to find it on, on there. Um, boys, thanks very much. It's been good fun. Where can um, where can people follow you, Cal? I'm at BT The Grand Slam on everything. Everything. Every- on everything, Tinder, everything. <laughs> <laughs> and T, how about yourself, mate? If people want to give you a follow? Uh, Thelonious Filth, Thelonious like jazz musician, and Filth as in dirty um, on Instagram and Twitter. And if you didn't already know, you can hear both of these lovely gentlemen on a boxing podcast. So for any of the boxing fans out there, below the belt, um, make sure you check that out. It's pretty good, isn't it, boys? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, we. Yeah, I was just thinking before beforehand. You know, there's no boxing on right now. There's it's in nothing. quarantine. <laughs> it's in quarantine. Um, so we're gonna have to do something similar to this. Just get loads of questions and just chat about stuff because it's uh, we're not gonna have much to talk about for a few months, I think. Yeah, that's the problem with with sport. I and mean, it's fucking dead. At least with hip hop, we can just we can just chat shit about mental yeah. opinions and and go from there. Um, but the content now. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. People people are are ready to receive more shit to listen to. So that's it. We've all got time now. In the words of DMX, we are going to give it to you. Um, so boys, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Um, if you want to follow um, us, you can follow us at notorious P underscore O underscore D uh, Instagram at the notorious P O D. Uh, you can follow me everywhere. I am, you know, fucking who I am. Um, boys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Um, and we will get ready for the next episode. Peace. 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 Thanks for listening to another Hip Hop Forum episode of Notorious P.O.D. Big shouts to Cal and T for their insight as always. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please leave us your 5 for 5 on iTunes and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Notorious P.O.D. to ask us questions and get involved in the pod. We'll see you next time. Peace.